I'm Whitney Walker, and this is the Women Waken podcast, where I interview guests who are in the field of healing and spiritual work using their unique gifts of the divine feminine. We talk all about these unique gifts that these particular guests have and how they're bringing them forth in the world. On this episode, I welcome a master of astrology, Deborah Beckwin. Deborah is an astrologer, a tarot reader, a Reiki practitioner, as well as a content strategist for mental health professionals in her non-cosmic work, which is actually how Deborah and I met. In this conversation, we go everywhere. You really get a rundown. You get an astrology 101 lesson. It's just incredible. We talk all about the different signs, what's coming in for them at this time, which is a new moon in Aquarius. She talks about our rising sign, our moon sign. We talk about natal charts. We talk position of planets with our sign. We talk about retrogrades and what that actually means and how they affect us and the benefits of them. We talk about all kinds of things. So it's very informative, very fun. And if you've ever wanted to know about astrology, then this is the perfect place to start. So take a listen, enjoy, and here's my guest. Hi, Deborah. Hello, Whitney. It's good to see you. <laughs> good to see you. Welcome to the Women Waken podcast. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you on. We've been talking about this for a while, about having you on to talk about astrology. Yay. <laughs> and I just wanted to say, you know, happy Lunar New Year to all of those who celebrate. And I mean, that's also connected to astrology because that's usually the first new moon of the year. But I, that is not my uh, cultural background. So don't quote me on that, but it is connected to a new moon. And we had just had the new moon in Aquarius, which we will talk about that and all sorts of things. Yay. We'll talk about it all. So for the lunar new year, now that is based on the idea of rather than a solar year, it's based on the position of the moon, correct? So it's uh, so saying that based on where the moon is, this is the beginning of a new cycle for the the cycle. That's a connected mainly to Chinese astrology. I mean, this right. is the year of the water t- tiger. I don't know what that means outside of that, but um, yeah. it's based on, I think, the Chinese calendar. And then there are other like East Asian and South Asian cultures that also celebrate um, the Lunar New Year. Because, I mean, it's, it's called the Chinese New Year, but it's also like other cultures um, celebrate this. But yeah, that's... That's as far as I understand it. Well, I know that some concepts of the tiger are strength, courage. You know, anything you think about when you think of a tiger, like pretty, you know, aggressive and powerful in their power. I think that's a, that's how I like to think of it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think there's, well, I don't want to confuse this with a lion, but I mean, I feel like there's a little bit of nobility with a tiger. I mean, there's like... I don't know, with that, all that power in the way that they walk, like, I just, I just feel like there's, and maybe I'm speaking of the water element too. There's a mm-hmm. little bit of slinkiness and, yeah. um, kind of brings like in that, that feminine too, right? With yeah. the tiger. So yes. it's kind of like that, you know, the, cause you think more of the masculine and you think of a tiger, like sort of that sort of predator, mm-hmm. strong, you know, sort of strategic, Yet the water kind of brings in an element of also balance, you know, balancing right. that energy about, you know, having that power for purpose. 
<laughs> right. And probably also adaptability because um, water is very fluid. So maybe in terms of the way that you um, embody your power, it's not, and maybe it won't be like claws out. Maybe it'll be a little bit more slinky or I don't know why I'm focused on the word slinky <laughs> right now. So kind of, yeah. Yeah. Fluid movement. It's yeah. Fluid yeah. Slinky. But again, I mean, we are not of East Asian descent. So this is to be like, we're just going based on Lisa, Lisa in terms of like what we know about the yes. animal of a tiger and then the element of water. So um, again, if you really want to know more about that, I would definitely reach out to a Chinese astrologer or people who are more um, familiar with Chinese astrology. Right. But we are in a new moon, which is tonight, right? February 1st is the, the new moon in Aquarius. Yeah. West Coast, it was January 31st. It was like like nine something at night. And so East coast, it was February 1st like this morning. So we're still under the effects of that as we're chatting right now. And yeah. Uh, and Aquarius, so that Aquarius is a, an air sign, but for some, I always think of it as water because of tarot, which you are also a tarot reader as well as mm -hmm. an astrologer, as I am also a tarot reader. And Aquarius, of course, is, is um, the sign of the star card in the yes. major arcanas and she, the, you know, the woman pouring the water out. So it's a very watery card. So I always think of Aquarian as being a bit watery. I don't know if that's. Well, it's, it's called the water bearer, but like the water that it's giving is like information and knowledge. It's not like actual water. So that's really what the water bearer is. I mean, and yeah, like the glyph or like these two squiggly lines that are waves, but yeah. it is an air sign. It's a fixed air sign. And we can talk a little bit about like modes, modalities and signs in astrology too, because that's also important. Um, in terms of trying to understand what's going on with this new moon today. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'd love to talk about fixed signs. I keep hearing a lot about that and I'm not really sure what they are. And, and I kind of want, you know, I'd love for this show to be for both the astrology informed and not informed. So those who are really like, I have no idea, but I know that I'm a, you know, a cancer. Oh, sweetie. Sorry. I think my dog tried to jump on the bed. Are you okay? Okay. <laughs> Um, so, um, yeah, so we can talk about fixed signs and then I'd also love to, well, why don't we start with the, the new moon idea, new moon and full moon. Cause I know I'm big into those, but I have a lot of friends who are like, what, what's it? They didn't know about a, what a new moon was. And they're not really sure about what a full moon actually represents other than the idea that like things can kind of go haywire and like there's, there can be, you know, more births and accidents and all kinds of things happening on a full moon. But let's start with the new moon. So okay. a new moon, I would say, is for new beginnings. But to elaborate on that, how do you describe? So we can talk a little bit of the astrology of that, like what's going on in the sky, um, which that's not even astrology. That's also a little bit of astronomy. So new moon, it's dark. Um, you don't see it. It's because the sun and the moon, at least astrologically, are in the same sign in the same degree. So new moon, that's why it also begins connotes of a fresh start, a new start, because this conjunction or joining together of conjoining of two planets, it whenever we have conjunctions, that is also like a new start. It's like a new story of these two planets or 
the sun and moon are technically called luminaries. So yeah, so the moon goes through this cycle of eight phases. Um, and the ones that we typically are concerned with are the new moon and the full moon. So we're going to have a full moon in Leo um, in a couple of weeks. And so that's full moons are like the culmination of a story. And that is, those are when the sun and the moon are opposite of each other. And so the sun is giving all this light to the moon and that's why we can see it. And that's the full moon. And then, you know, it goes, it just keeps going through this cycle of like waxing and waning in between those phases. And, you know, the moon goes through different signs around that too. But, um, if you did want to even just start working with the moon, you can start just working with those cycles and being like, okay, this is what I want to start in the new moon. And then six months later, there'll be a full moon in Aquarius during Leo season. And then that's when you're going to look at those intentions and see like, Hey, what came of those? Um, because that's like the ending of the story there in terms of like that, between like new moon Aquarius and full moon Aquarius. So full moons are also great for releasing because it's like everything is illuminated. You can see everything. And then you could be like, okay, like with this Aquarius story, you could be like, all right, these were my intentions. Some came true, some didn't, but there's also stuff in this Aquarius sector of my chart that I'm done with mm -hmm. and I want to release. You could release that with, burning stuff or just writing stuff and tearing it up. I mean, there are a lot of different ways of looking at releasing, but we get these chances every year, like through our needle chart to like start something new and then release something. And I think that's really cool in terms of, I think it's really easy, at least if you wanted to like have a little introduction to astrology, because the moon like represents our emotions, um, how we want to feel nourished. And so I think that's a really great way to even like incorporate a self care routine is just following the moon because it's, it, no matter what sign your moon is in, it's like super impactful for you. And it's how you, um, process your emotions and how you nourish yourself. So, yeah. 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 Beautiful. And, and also it's just, it's nice to honor cycles, I think. Yes. Um, and I also Absolutely. know, um, as, uh, you know, a woman with, uh, you know, a menstrual cycle, I, the more that I started following the moon, my, my cycle began to sync up with the moon. Yeah. I've there, I don't know if I want to say it's a theory, but there's definitely like at least system around like when you start your period, like I think if it's like you start on new moon, then it's like more of like a maiden energy. But if you start on the full moon, it's more of a crone energy. I'm not as familiar, but I just wanted to put that out there. And I've, okay. I've had that sync up too, but I will say eclipses can cause some disruption around that. Yeah. In general. So I would just say like, once eclipse season starts um, in Taurus season, um, you might, your period might go wonky. And that's not, I don't have any like medical <laughs> evidence around that. This is more anecdotal and from my own experience. So yeah. I, I wouldn't freak out about that. Like you're, you're fine. It's just, that's just what happens during eclipse. Season. Yeah. I've had mine kind of switch like that. I've actually had mine on the new moon and the full moon and it kind of like jumped over to 
which was kind of crazy because that's close. Right. To yeah. Right. Yeah. It was, it was weird, but, and it's funny because actually when I, as I got into more um, circles of, you know, spiritual astrological women, um, they refer to their period as their moon. Like I remember the first time someone yes. was like, Oh, I'm on my moon. And I was like, you're what? <laughs> like, yeah. And I was like, that's kind of nice. It sounds better than your period. I don't know. It's kind of nice. And like shark oh, week. I've, I've called it <laughs> shark week. I've called it and flow visiting, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah those, but, those like, my moon sounds like it does a, at least a little bit more romantic than totally. actuality yeah. for me, but yeah. <laughs> yes. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. So there's a little idea about moons and the moon cycles. Now, can we talk a little bit about astrological signs? So I think yeah. everybody's familiar with signs, you know, Virgo, Scorpio, Taurus, Libra, all the different signs. Do we want to kind of break it down a little, maybe from like water, earth, fire, air, and just kind of explore like what, why are there these different signs and what do they really represent? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I'm going to group them by, I always get modality and mode mixed up. And so I'm just going to say, I'm going to group it by like cardinal fixed um, mutable. You'll, if you're like, what does that mean? I will tell you later. <laughs> and then like, uh, element and, but there's also just, uh, yeah. So I'm going to start there. So we're going to start at the top of at least what for astrologers, the, our new year starts with Aries season. Um, because that's the beginning of the zodiac. <laughs> so Aries is cardinal. So cardinal signs, cardinals, these are the ones that start off the season. So Mm. whether you're on the Northern hemisphere or Southern, this is what happens. So we have Aries, which is cardinal fire, Cancer, which is cardinal water, um, Libra, which is cardinal air, and then Capricorn, which is cardinal earth. So these starts off each element. It's yeah. I mean, it starts off each season like i mean literal seasons because aries and libra are connected to the equinoxes so we have the vernal equinox that starts aries season and then the autumnal equinox that starts libra season and then cancer and capricorn start the solstices so we have summer solstice with cancer and this again this is northern hemisphere so if you're southern hemisphere and reading this you know to flip it upside down um and then capricorn starts um winter solstice and so those are like that energy is very like we're gonna kick things off entrepreneurial especially Aries Mm -hmm. we are leading might not be as great as like keeping things going and finishing things because that's what the other signs are for so those are that and then we have the fixed signs um we have and so if you're going to, I, w- I might be helpful to like look at a chart later, but like, this is basically like all the signs going in order. So we have Taurus, which is fixed earth, which is right after Aries. And then why am I so bad? At this? Okay, wait, I'm sorry. I missed. What is a fixed sign? What is fixed, fixed sign? So fixed sign. So we've started the season and then fixed signs. They're the ones that keep the season going. Okay. And so these are the ones that like have stamina, but of course the flip side of that is 
they're pretty stubborn. So it's really hard for them to like get a move in. Like if you've ever tried to get a, a tourist to like get up from a nap, good luck. <laughs> That's not happening. That's fixed earth. It is basically like just going to sit there. So we have tourists there. And then, God, why am I so... Is Virgo a sign? No, Virgo is a mutable sign. Okay, and, we're going to get to that. Okay, yes, we will get to the mutables. So um, fixed water is Scorpio, and I'm not going over any because <laughs> my brain is like... And then we have fixed air, which we're in Aquarius season right now. And then fixed fire is Leo. So um, that they are really responsible for like keeping the season going. So like whenever you're in any sort of season, like we're right now, we're in the Northern hemisphere in the middle of winter. It's like very winter. Like this is like, at least for me, it's like, this is when I'm like, there's nothing going on. We don't have any celebrations. Although it is uh, black history month. Yay. Um, but it's like, it's pretty, it's very much like, all right, this is, this is winter. It's very winter. Um, so that's their responsibility, keeping that energy going, keeping that, um, whatever element they're in going, um, and then mutable, which is more like flexible. That's where we have Gemini, um, fixed air. Um, we have Virgo fixed earth. Wait, isn't it, isn't it mutable? Oh, sorry. Thank you. (laughs) Mercury is still retrograde. Um, (laughs) Mutable, mutable. Um, Gemini. <laughs> mutable air. Virgo, mutable earth. Uh, Sagittarius, mutable fire. And then Pisces, mutable water. And so those are the ones who are great at wrapping it up. They're really great at pivoting to other things. I'm like, oh, let me do this. And, you know, especially I would say Gemini gets like... <laughs> Really, like, the brunt of, I guess, you could say, like, bad astro memes and just criticism because it could look like they have eight hands and different things. And it's just like, what about this? What about this? It's, but it's it's great pivoting energy, but it's also the energy that wraps up the season. So, like, if you want to, like, get a good closer, get a, get a mutable sign in there, they'll just, like... We're done. We're wrapping it up and I'm moving on. So, but that, of course, the downsides of that is that you're, you might just be like, I'm off to this. And then you're like, well, I actually, I need this to keep going. Why are you gone? Like, so (laughs) um, there, there are like strengths and challenges with each. So, I mean, I threw a lot out there, so I'm going to regroup and put them in elements now. So Aries, Cardinal Fire, Leo, Fixed Fire, Sagittarius, mutable fire, and then we have Capricorn, cardinal earth, Taurus, fixed earth, Virgo, mutable earth, and then we have Gemini. Well, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna go in my order. <laughs> we have Cancer, uh, cardinal water, Scorpio, fixed water. Pisces, mutable water. And then we have Libra, uh, carnal air, Aquarius, fixed air, and then Gemini, mutable air. So, I mean, there are all these different ways that we can actually associate the signs, but what's, I 
I guess for someone who has like a traditional astrology background, it's really important too to like think about the planets that they're associated with. So mm-hmm. here are some more groupings. So for example, and I'm going to be using like traditional placements, but I will throw in some modern stuff because there might be some people who are like, you're not talking about Uranus. I'm like, well, that's a modern planet. So um, for example, Aries and Scorpio are traditionally associated with Mars. So um, if we're going to talk about Aries, like in a martial way, it's like, I think of it as back in the day when we would like when social media was starting to begin, like there was this weird obsession with being first with commenting. I don't know if you guys remember this, but you're like first, it'd be like all these like exclamation points. We don't do that anymore. Right. But like, that's the sort of Aries energies. Like I'm first, this is about me. I'm going to like go for it. Um, Meanwhile, Scorpio being fist water, it's more like, like a, I hate I hate to use this analogy, but it's kind of like this big swamp, and you want to like know everything, like drill down deep, and like know the real truth about things. And you know, I think it's more of like a ninja energy. It's like very like you know, I want to know all the truth about you, but you can't know everything about me. Oh so those are like two different flavors of Mars right there. Um, and then if we talk about Venus and the planets, uh, the signs that Venus rules. So we have Taurus and we have Libra. So those are like two different flavors of, of Venus. Venus is a benefic planet, um, meaning like it usually likes to be nice and give. Mars is more a malefic planet, meaning like Mars likes to cut things and separate things which I think you could see with Aries and Scorpio, there's probably like a bunch of knives and fire going around. But Venus is like, we want to come together and like, you know, create peace and harmony. So in Venus and with Taurus being fixed earth, it's very much about the sensual world, the five senses. Your Taurus friend is probably like the gourmand of your group. Like, you know, they probably know the best uh, sheets to buy for their bed. Like, they're probably really good gardeners. Like Taurus is very much like about sensuality, the five senses. And then Libra being air, it's very much more about like conceptual stuff. And um, I would say like there are issues around justice because like the glyph of Libra is the scales. Um, It's also about like art, like high art and like, you know, really great at like beautifying spaces. I mean, very much about the other person. It's like, oh, you know, what can I do for them? Of course, that again, there are always drawbacks to all these signs, but that's another way of looking at Libra. So the sun um, rules Leo. And so that makes sense because Leo's fixed fire. And that's what our star, the sun, is. It's like, it's just there, it just burns, it shines. You don't have to question it. it. And Leo, like, it's it's a sign that needs to be seen. It's like, mm-hmm. here I am. Like, you can think of all, like, a lot of, like, celebrities have Leo. Like, I'm thinking of J-Lo in particular. Um, Obama is a Leo as well. What's that? Obama is a Leo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, Leo is just 
it just is. And so, you know, of course, like the, the downside of that is just kind of like, it could be like, well, it's just about me. And, you know, some people could take offense of that and be like, well, what about me? It's like, well, I'm just focused on me. Of course, that <laughs> yeah. could get like a little bit narcissistic and we all know that, but like, I think the essence of Leo is from the heart and, um, Yes, it's definitely like represented by a lion glyph. And um, there's something beautiful about how Leo loves, like when it's loving from the heart, it feels like the sun is just shining down on you. So that's Leo and the sun. And then the moon rules cancer. So cancer, uh, cardinal water, it's like such a nurturing sign. It's like, oh my God, did you eat today? Like, did you take a nap? Let me like take the care of that for you. Like very much about caretaking, very much about caretaking of the home. And like the moon also like, again, represents our bodies. And I just feel like Cancerian care is very much about like, how are you doing? Like really tell me how you're doing. I care about your whole being. And so then we have Mercury and I was just talking about Gemini. <laughs> Uh, Mercury rules Gemini and Virgo. And so Gemini is very much like data, data, data. I love all these facts. Like they probably kill it like Jeopardy because they just know all the <laughs> trivia. Like, like, did you know? Blah, blah, blah. That would be Gemini. Like they're, they're also very chatty, very engaged in their friendships. Like they also are probably the ones who have the hot gossip. Uh <laughs> Yeah, very uh, right. I feel like they're very social. Like, like it's very much stuff. like I'm in, I'm in there. Like everyone knows probably like the Gemini's in their lives. And then there's Virgo, which is beautiful earth. And so Virgo's like, I've got the spreadsheet. I've got it all color coordinated. Like this is the process I have. It's very process oriented, making sure that everything is done correctly. Of course that can end up being like, a little bit of perfectionism, but Mercury as a planet is the planet of communication. It's the planet of commerce. It's the planet of travel. And we will talk about Mercury retrograde because you've probably been experiencing delays and all those types of topics, but that's what Mercury is. It's a, it's, it's a bit busier. It's like, okay, what's going on? Like, I want to figure out what's going on because if it is, if we're like even thinking about Greek mythology, it's like a messenger. So it's like, going around like trying to figure out especially in Gemini but that that's another way of grouping the signs and then we have Jupiter Jupiter is the greater benefit because it's bigger than Venus um and Jupiter is basically the planet of yes expansion growth um wisdom teaching um and the planet that rules those uh the signs that are ruled by Jupiter traditionally are Sagittarius and Pisces. And so for those who have been hip to modern astrology, you're like, what about Neptune? Yes. Neptune is the, I guess, <laughs> modern coal ruler of Pisces. And I would go along with that. I would just say like, traditionally there's like a reason why like only the seven planets I'm going to talk about were, used and it's basically because like the modern um planets it's like when we got bigger telescopes it's like oh yeah there's stuff beyond saturn so that's all actually pretty recent so it's i think 
in terms of astrology as a, a long-term practice of thousands of years, like we're still getting to know Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto as like, how do they affect us? So mm-hmm. not, but in terms of rulership, as I'm talking about, like it's a little bit, it's, it's harder to like associate in my opinion, but I'm just one astrologer. And so that's, that's usually up for debate, but I, I do want to at least acknowledge that those are there. So Yes. So Jupiter, actually right now, Jupiter is in Pisces. So Jupiter is at home. And um, so Sagittarius, um, that's the sign that mutable fire, it loves to like, that's like your traveling friend, like the the one that has all the passport stamps, like is always jetting off somewhere. The one who probably like feels great in a foreign place, like loves exploration, like really gets down on learning from other people also can get a little bombastic and preachy if it feels really convicted about like what it believes because it believes in like the big picture, the truth with a capital T, not as concerned with details, like it's opposite sign Gemini. Gemini is like, give me all the facts. Sagittarius is like, I want to know the big truth from all these facts. So then there's Pisces. Pisces is mutable water, I mean, this is like your friend who probably knows what the best edibles are, who is honestly, I feel like Pisces is a can be a great friend, but a lot of times they're like kind of off in their own little ocean of spirituality or wonder or elevation. Like a lot of times they're not here, but they I find like they're quite intriguing people. It's kind of like the deep ocean that we haven't explored. Like they're just they have like this sort of mystical quality, which is why I get why Neptune, the planet of like illusion and spirituality, um, is c- connected to Pisces because it they're kind of similar. So yeah. that's that. And then Saturn, Saturn rules Capricorn and Aquarius. So Capricorn, with being um, Cardinal Earth, it's like you know, tradition, <laughs> like I'm, I'm a Capricorn, so I, I hesitate saying this, but it kind of gives off the man energy. It's kind of like, we've established this, like, this is how we do things. These are the rules because Saturn as a planet is the planet of constriction. If, if Jupiter is about expansion, Saturn is about constriction. It's about um, boundaries. It's about saying no. And sometimes we need to say no. Sometimes we can't be all like, yes, everything. And, you know, Venus be like, oh, everything is beautiful. Sometimes we need Saturn to be like, you don't have enough money to pay for that. I'm sorry. We need to go in another direction. Um, No, this is the way we do things. And then Aquarius is fixed air. So this is a little weird that, at least on its face, that Saturn is associated with Aquarius. Because I think if you've had Aquarians in your life, like, they beat they they beat to a different they they have like a different drum beat in their head like they're kind of doing their own thing and they love being contrarian they love being like well actually there's a different way of doing that so I feel like those are the two different um, flavors of Saturn like there's stuff where it's like this is established and then Aquarius goes that doesn't look right. I think we should do it differently. And I, I, I don't, I don't think this is the way it should go. And sometimes we really do need to have that Aquarian energy to break shit up and to make it different 
because things have been going in the wrong direction for so long. And so I'll just say right now with Saturn and Aquarius, like you've probably seen a lot of people protesting. You've seen people, especially around labor. So like there've been a ton of strikes, at least in the United States right now. Um, and I think that Saturn and Aquarius being like, we need to do things differently. Like I can say, for example, historically, the last time we had Saturn and Aquarius, like that's when um, the Berlin Wall fell down. So that was the last time. So that's a long cycle. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like <laughs> that cycle is around like 27, 28 years. So um, hello to people who are going through their Saturn returns. Uh, like it's a challenging time of like restructuring. I think Aquarian energy is about restructuring. Like Capricorn is like, we're going to keep it the same way. And sometimes you need that, but sometimes you need like, no, 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 let's, ah. let's, let's restructure and rebuild something. Wow. And, you know, just in terms of Aquarius in general, Aquarius is very much like big picture, but from a more like elevated space, like one astrologer calls it like looking at it from a 30,000 foot view. And so you, there's a little bit more of a detachment. And I would say like right now, like with the what's going on in the skies. It's been a very Saturnian time. Like we have the sun and Saturn and Aquarius, and then we have all these planets in Capricorn. We have Mercury retrograde right now, Venus, uh, and Mars and Pluto. So if right but they're now- they're not in retrograde anymore. Weren't they all in retrograde? In um, Mars just entered Capricorn- earlier so it, that hasn't gone retrograde it'll go retrograde later this year um venus just went direct last week okay. last saturday and so i would just say i guess we're going to segue into the retrograde part um that might have been really tough around relationships because venus is about blending and melting so and about our values so in Capricorn, it might have been like, you know what, like, this relationship is just not up to my standards. My standards are higher. It's time to break up. Like, I'm not comparing this to what I just said, but like, for example, in terms of celebrities, like Lisa Bonet and Jason Momoa, like breaking up, like, if you want to like, look at like, what's going on in the world, like, Venus retrograde usually is around breakups. Like, I had a lot of friends and long-term relationships and even a few people in marriages in the past mm -hmm. yeah, during the I heard a lot of that absolutely yeah yeah so um I know that at least for Capricorn it's like you it really is about raising your standards or at least being like you know I've I've changed as a person and my values <laughs> have changed and now I need my life to realign to those values so whenever we're having a retrograde period in any planet like it's a time for a review, all these rewords, like review, reconsider, renegotiate. So maybe some of these relationships weren't broken up. It was just more like, okay, it's been the pandemic for two years. I've been doing this task at home and you haven't been pulling your weight. We need to renegotiate like just division of labor or other things within a relationship that might need to be renegotiated. So I would say like, just give it time, even though like Venus just went direct, like it's retrogrades are kind of like an endpoint turn with the car. So 
you're going in one direction, you stop. That's usually when the technical term is a station. So the planet will just look like it's stopped. And then it needs energy to like go in the opposite direction for retrograde. So like you do that endpoint turn. And if you've ever done that, if you did it like really abruptly, like shit would be flying in your car. You're like, oh, you know, like it, and then it takes time for like things to get settled. Like, hey, is everyone okay? All right. And then you're like going back in the other direction. So retrogrades are like that. And it takes time for that planet to also build up speed because like maybe you were going like 60 miles an hour and then you're like, oh crap, there's like, there's a detour that I need to make and this road is closed. So like you might like maybe not slam on your brakes, but it's still like, well, I need to stop then turn around. So right now Venus is going direct, but it's still like in its car being like, okay, it's like 30 miles an hour. Like, and I need to maybe get up to 50. So it'll, yeah. it'll take a few more days and weeks for it to like get back to speed. Right. So and there might still be shadow period, right? Before. Correct. So yes, the there's a, as a moon, right? They say that even like after a full moon, there's still like a few, like it's, it's a few days before and after that you've can. Yeah. Everything's on a continuum. Right. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, like even when we talk about aspects, like I was just talking about a conjunction. So like this new moon, like right now the moon's still in Aquarius is actually void which is means like the moon isn't talking to anyone. It's not making any more aspects. It's kind of off on its own doing its own thing, which just as a tip, like if you wanted to like get anything done or like that was important, like let's say like you wanted to have an interview, like you would try to not schedule it during a void moon. I mean, life happens. I'm not, I don't want astrology to be like, to become like superstitious, this is a tool. So you think a job to... interviewer would take that as an excuse? Sorry, I uh, can't. Do yeah, I mean, you, if they if they ask you for like your schedule, like you could be like, well, I can't do. I can't. I mean, today, like the moon is void all day, but like I forgot about it. But I'm still talking to you, and we're fine. Like this isn't like. I hope so. Oh my god, this is like the biggest interview of my life. If you could use astrology to, I mean, that's one of the uses of astrology is like to elect dates of yeah. when it's more auspicious to do things. So that's what a lot of this talk is about too. So, but yeah, the shadow periods, like there's a period, like the, the pre shadow period, like when a planet starts like slowing down. And so once it starts to slow down, like that's when things will start to get a little wonky with the planet. And then there's the actual retrograde period where it's like going in the opposite direction, which that's more of like a visual effect from Earth. It's like none of these planets are actually going in retrograde. It's more of like an optical illusion. And then the post-shadow period one after it goes direct, um, for Mercury, this is like a nine-week process. So like it's about three, two or three weeks of the pre-shadow period, then three weeks of proper Mercury retrograde hijinks, and then <laughs> and then about three weeks of post-shadow weirdness but i will i will give you tips on how to navigate that but at least with venus just you know if there's like stuff around money or things that you've been waiting on like my hope is that now that venus is going to wrap venus can do more like venusy things like oh let me get you some money and like bring people in your life that can give you some resources um because 
before, like the retrograde, it was more like, okay, let's look at our work. Let's look at what we've already done in this sector of your chart. And we were talking about cycles. Like if you want to see what was going on with yourself eight years ago, so like January, 2014, that was the last time we had Venus retrograde in Capricorn in these degrees. So life is cyclical. So like you could keep looking back eight years and seeing like, Oh, there's some themes here. This keeps coming up for me and you can learn from that too. So yeah, I just want to say, don't be afraid of retrogrades. Like we all need times of review of rest when we're not like going for it. And yes, it could be inconvenient in modern life, but again, astrology has been around for thousands of years. So I, I just think it could be a really great tool in terms of like organizing your time in your life. Yeah. And well, it also ultimately works for our, our greatest advantage and in our favor, because to, to me, what I've, what I've heard and what I've realized about retrogrades is it's really that time where it's kind of saying like, Hey, like you might want to go forward. Like you have all these big ambitions and plans, but if you don't take a look back at some of the things that are holding you back and keeping you stuck in the same patterns or that are going to lead you into a place you don't want to go, then you need to take that time. So it's kind of that pause where you're like, okay, I got to look into the closet and see what actually needs to be kind of cleared out so that you can right. move forward. You know, I yes. quote, uh, I quote, I love says you can't walk through, through the doors of your new life wearing with all your baggage on your back, right? It's like you have to take some stuff off if you actually want to go into this new era, this new time. And so it's really doing you a favor that's kind of setting you up for when things go direct that you're I'm ready to go. I don't have, so you're not exactly. going to be like denied <laughs> going forward. Right. I mean, if you're not looking back at what's going on in your life, you're not learning. Like the past is important. It does inform your present. And if it's unexamined, then it could be affecting your present. You're like, why does this keep happening? I keep like dating the same person. Like Venus is retrograde is great for like examining. Why do you keep like attracting the same person? Good question. Uh, <laughs> but if you're not, if you're not examining your life in that way, then you'll just think like everything is random or you don't have any agency. And I feel like astrology is a great tool for giving you agency over things that are somewhat out of your control. It's a, like, it's like a weather report, but more for your your whole being, not just for like, you know, can I go outside today? Is it raining or snowing? But like, it's the same sort of thing. Like there are better times to do things and retrogrades again are really great times for rest too. Like, again, if we're, if we're just going, 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 we will burn out. And I feel like retrogrades are like natural places of rest and reflection. And yeah, it might be uncomfortable. Like, looking at like old relationships, old business connections, all of that, that could be, yeah, a little bit intimidating, but like yeah. you could be brave, like it's your life. And by you looking back, like that's another way you can take ownership and be like, you know what? I own the past too. And I can learn from it. And now like when these planets go direct, like I have that wisdom, I've worked some stuff out, like, and let me at least, uh, like talk about Mercury retrograde for a bit. There was a funny story recently. I think this was someone in Australia. Uh, she had like a $3 million lottery ticket, like in her span. <laughs> and like, she found it like, but it had been there for a while. So like, it's sometimes it's good to look back because then it's like, oh, there's hidden, like literal hidden treasure. I mean, obviously I'm, as an astrologer, I can't be like, everyone, like, look at your spend. There's $3 million in there. I'm sorry. That's, this is 
I'm just using that as an example that it's not all bad. Like sometimes you can find like good things like, Oh, I've been looking for that sweater. Like my favorite sweater. Now it's here. Like, like it could be that mundane, but it could also just be like, um, you might've had with Venus retrograde, like old friends come back, like really good old friends come back. So it's, again, it's not necessarily all that bad. If it's exes, well, <laughs> consult with your friends on that because usually if it's an ex, like they're an ex for a reason. Like, I think that's a popular thing with both Mercury and Venus retrograde being like, Hey, what's going on? What you doing? Like, still being broken up with you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like it's, I, I think it's just a natural part of life. We need to look back, especially because modern life is very much go, 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 get it all done. Life is short, which is true, but also we're human and we can break and we're fragile. We, we need times of rest and reflection and we're not perfect either. So there might have been things that we missed patterns that need to be broken or reconfigured like they they could be quite empowering if you look at it that way of course they're the with mercury retrograde like which will be ending on thursday how old <laughs> yeah just 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 breathe through it um it'll be thursday night um and like i said you're gonna still need to give time for mercury to go back doing mercury good things. Mercury is in Capricorn right now. So, um, again, there might be like things around like just restructuring your life or like, um, I mean, usually Capricorn is associated with government and we're kind of going through governmental shifts right now. It's like, we're, well, we're also take a little bigger. We're going through, um, Pluto. Is it Pluto's return of the U S that's true. Yes. And that is, that's like the underworld, right? I mean, it's yes, like at it like, is. Which uh, talk about the underworld of the U.S. I mean, based on how we were founded in our history, like there's a lot underneath there. This is true. Um, yeah, and I so that actually will be exact later this month. I think it's like around the 22nd or 23rd, which I know a lot of people are like, two, 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 two. I'm like, well, for Americans, you might want to hold all your horses there. Cause that's going to be a pretty potent date. But like, uh, like I said, every, all these, um, transits are continuing. So like Pluto return, like you've probably, we've all seen what has been going on around, the U.S. in terms of, like, corruption, in terms of, like, what was going on with that, thank God, failed coup attempt on January 6th. Like, there's just all this stuff that's being brought up from the underground. I mean, Pluto rules that. Um, Pluto is a planet of intensification, of power struggles. Um, it's, I mean, Plutonium, it's got, it's intense. So, um it's also a plan of transformation. So like for America, I would say like, we're not going to be the same after like Pluto will hit. Well, transiting Pluto will hit America's NATO Pluto a couple more times this year. So um, I think whatever has been going on in terms of unrest, in terms of like people wanting things to change. Um, yeah. Like Ever since Pluto's been in Capricorn, I just feel like it's been a lot of, like, government corruption, bringing that up, like, or just, like, deep corruption. Um, I don't want to say conspiracies. That's more of an Aquarius thing. But, like, 
Yeah, it's like all these like structures that are just like this is not working for us. Like we need to change yeah. it. So well, you you I, also we're, we are in the age of Aquarius, right? In a a bigger. I don't know enough about the age of Aquarius. I feel like that's a is that different? that is it. No, it's it's different, and I I will say that we have planetary cycles where I think this is what people are speaking to. So we had, um, I think this is a Jupiter Saturn conjunction, um, cycle. So we had Jupiter conjunct Saturn last year. No, not last year. Sorry. 2022. I think it was 2020. Uh, and so that started a new cycle. Like, I think it's, I think it's a 200 year cycle of, these conjunctions in air signs. So that's like a whole new era. And so to me, that seems to be like a new way of thinking and like new ideas will be coming. Um, sorry. I I have, I've looked on this, but I haven't read enough. I just thought of it because when you described Aquarius, we're Mm -hmm. moving to that time now, you said it was about like changing, you know, as opposed to Capricorn, who's let's stick to the tried and true. Let's focus on this. Let's stay grounded. You know, Aquarius like, well, wait a minute, maybe we need to make, let's see what Mm -hmm. our possibilities options. And, you know, to me, that is the, the age we're going into is, huh, the structures we have in place don't work. They're not working. They're failing. They're not serving everybody. It's not, it's no longer feasible to continue this way. We need to change. We can't keep like the tried and true. We have to shift exactly. into more creative and, and, you know, shifting ideas about how we do things. Right. And probably people are also speaking to when Pluto goes into Aquarius, which will happen. I'm pretty sure it's 2023. Mm. Uh, and if you've ever followed transits of planets, like, like sometimes they dip back into the sign for a little bit during the retrograde, then they come back. So there's going to be a little bit of that, but like, it's going to get very eerie (laughs) soon. And so I feel like whatever happens with this Pluto return with just Pluto and Capricorn, which has been in Capricorn since 2008, which, Hey, that was when we had our big uh, recession here in the U S whatever we've worked on here, like, because it's fixed air, we might just be stuck with it. So it's a very volatile time, very pivotal time for our nation, but just for the planet, like there's stuff that we're trying to work through. Like climate change is definitely like a huge reality right now. And it's kind of like, okay, like if Capricorn is like ruling government, what governmental policy changes do we need to make? Like, so that we can ensure that the human species doesn't go extinct. It's like, we'd like take this planet. Like there are like issues already happening. Like I'll just say like moving up here to Seattle, um, I moved here a year ago. There's just been intense climate change sort of activities. So there's like a big snowstorm like a year ago, which I mean, it was cute. The, the snow melted pretty quickly. Then we had like a huge heat wave that people weren't even prepared for. There's not really air conditioning here because there really isn't the use for no. it. Yeah, it's kind of like in California. They're not. Yeah. Here. And then there were wildfires and then there was wildfire smoke. And then we also have had like historic rainfalls, these atmospheric rivers, which I'm just, I'm from, I moved from Florida. I'm just like, 
what the heck is that? It's just, it's basically like this storm system that just dumps rain like a river. It's, and we've had flooding around that. And then like around my birthday, which is Christmas, we had snow, which was cute. And then it was like, oh no, like it's not going to melt because we're going to be below freezing. So like, it's, it's not normal stuff for Seattle. Seattle's pretty like temperate. It doesn't get too cold. doesn't get too hot, which is one of the reasons why I moved up here. But now I'm like, you guys are acting like Chicago. So, you know, there's legislation right now that we're working on to address these issues for the future because this is probably going to become more of a reality. So what are we going to do about it? So these are the sort of things that will be that you can think about just this year around America's Pluto return. And then eventually when Pluto enters Aquarius, it's going to be a seismic shift. So you can call it the age of Aquarius. I think like more traditional astrologers are like, whatever. There's an age of air for sure. So we, we're getting like fresh air, fresh ideas, ways of like living together. I mean, Aquarius is typically associated with being like humanitarian, but I would say it's more like, what if humans were perfect, not humans were humans? So it could get a little bit idealized because it's kind of like, I like the idea of humanity, but the actual representation like reality of humanity kind of gets on my nerves because this is the way we should be doing things not this way so yeah that's the Aquarius vibe um I'm trying to think of anything else around I'm sorry that I'm ping-ponging around no this is great we're covering all kind of Um, factors um one thing I was kind of hoping to move into is kind of switching a little bit for more from like the broader back to like sort of people's individualized charts, but it's something we haven't mm-hmm. hit on is so when you mentioned about the mutable signs, I have my sun sign in Virgo and my moon sign in Pisces. And so that really hit home because I'd never knew about mutable signs, but I am like the most person I'm, I'm so obsessed with endings. I love every, I want everything to be like wrapping up. I, that's my favorite thing of any project is like, okay, let's get this done. Let's move on to that. I want everything to be moving on all the time. So it made sense. But that just made me think of uh, our our different signs within each chart because until recently I didn't know that you didn't have you had something beyond just your sun sign. Mm-hmm. Yes, so I yes, um, I would love to talk about sun, moon, and rising, um, and all these plants that I talked about, um, the luminaries, the sun, the moon, like Mercury, Venus, all those. Those are also in your natal chart. And they have placements. So your natal chart is basically like a snapshot of what was up in the air when you were born. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of like your, it's not only just your blueprint of who you are, it's kind of like your owner's manual of like how you do stuff. So And it's usually uh, really accurate. It's kind of Yeah. Yeah, for sure. A shout out. If anyone wants to look at their chart, astrologycafe.com offers a really thorough and good free chart that you can look at but then you need to find someone like deborah to read the chart for you because otherwise you can get a little lost they'll, they'll do a description but you can get really deeper into it and have someone explain because when you look at that chart like the actual thing it's like all these lines with all the, and i'm like what is that what is yeah that? which i mean <laughs> if maybe another time we can go through that but like it can get complicated if you love geometry astrology it will be pretty easy because all the stuff i'm talking about is like angles like actual angles if you were like me and like just kind of trudge through it, then it's kind of like you like more of the like big picture stuff. Yes, I have Sagittarius placement. So um, 
Yeah, I feel like people who love data like can really get off on astrology. But hey, astrology is for everyone. It's not just it's not just for <laughs> it's not just for gems and Virgos. Okay, so um, yes. So speaking of like three really important placements in your chart, I'm actually going to start with your ascendant or rising. So that is connected to when you were born, whether it's day or night. Like this, it's not this. The sun is where the sun is. So like, you know, someone's born today, they're an Aquarius. Happy birthday. Because each sign, is it's about a month is the window. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, so it's like a period and it's it's usually over two months. I always think of like, I always think of Virgos being Septembers and, but there's like that little window of like August. August, right. Virgos, which are always, right, right. they're always a little different, I think. Like people who There are. are. And that yeah. is connected more to, this is where, very technical, how the chart is divided by Deccan. So like, the chart is 360 degrees and every house has 30 degrees. And so when a, tr- uh, when a planet is transiting through, they go through 30 degrees. So it's like zero to 29. So the decans are split up into three. So it's like zero to 10, 10 to 20, 20, 20, or whatever. Um, so that those decans are ruled by planets. So like you might... So, for example, I'm a Capricorn in the first decan because my we're talking about degrees is three degrees. So that that decan, the first decan, if I recall correctly, is ruled by Jupiter. So it's a little different than if someone's born a little bit later. Like there's a different like planetary flavor, and then you're like, okay, like why are all these Capricorns different? Yeah, well, because those decans are different. So. Yes, the rising sign. This is important because if you're ever looking at a horoscope, you really need to be looking for your rising sign, not your sun sign. Because that's so crazy because mo- everybody, most people just think about their sun sign. Right. Well, that's, that's pop culture. Although I feel like in the past few years, people are getting more interested. Like, you know, people have been freaking out about Mercury retrograde, at least on Twitter for a while. But I'm like... <laughs> This was happening before you knew about it. Now you just know. So you're educated. It's great. Just use it to your event. So the rising sign. So technically how this works is like, it's more about where, like, if you're looking at your chart, like there's a big like line, um, cutting it in the half. And that is like the horizon. So it's where the sun is in terms of like the zodiac of the constellations. And I don't mean this, like there is constellation astrology, but like, that's a little, not astrology, but like this, the constellations themselves have their own cycle. Like if you, what you, if you saw Leo, like it's a little bit different than what I'm talking about. And that's for probably another discussion. But um, for example, so I was born like eight ish in the morning so, like, if you're born close to sunrise, your sun sign and your rising sign are probably going to be the same. So, like, this uh-huh. your ascendant, like, changes about every two hours. So, like, this cycle of the ascendant of where the sun is rising, like, so when the sun was rising, like, it was in Capricorn. So, that's why I'm Capricorn rising or have a Capricorn ascendant. So, the way that astrologers do horoscopes they assume it's called a solar chart. So they assume like you're basically, if you're a Capricorn, then you're a Capricorn rising. 
And then how the planets move through your chart is like how it impacts you. So right now with being Capricorn rising, I have all these planets in Capricorn <laughs> and you know, like I'll just say about this new moon, like it's been very Saturnian and it was right close to Saturn. So like with all this Saturnian energy, it might, it's probably felt not that liberating. Um, and I will get into like what the new moon means for you. But, like, it's just, it's heavy. It's like, no, <laughs> like, we're staying here or, oh, you need to do something different. It's, it's, yeah, it's a lot. So, you know, I would say for cardinal people, like, this new moon might have been like, okay, like, man, I'm trying to do stuff with my own life or I'm trying to fix stuff with my home or like, wow, like we've been really working on our relationship or I've been really trying to get this job. Um, and it's been like, geez, Mercury is just <laughs> like, I'm not hearing anything. Like I'm in that position right now. Um, so yeah, it's like the ascendant is super important because then all those planets I was talking about and where they are, like they are in different sectors of your chart. So um, again, astrologers use a solar chart basically saying like the sun is the first house so like if you're a virgo and looking at it it's like okay it's like there are all these virgo things going on but if you're like say aquarius rising it's a little bit different for you and it will be more personalized so that's my tip find out what your rising sign is start looking at your at that horoscope you can look at your sun sign horoscope too but like i think you'll get additional like more potent information. And obviously on top of that, if you consult an astrologer, then you'll get even more potent and personal information. So it's kind of like sun sign horoscope, rising sign horoscope, meet with an astrologer. So yeah. however deep you want to go in there. So then the sun, the sun is kind of your essence of like who you are, like your EO, like your ethos. So that's really accessible. Um, but I will say like, most of the time when you're meeting people and you're trying to guess their sign, you might be picking up on their rising sign because your rising sign is also like how you you're first perceived in the world and how you present yourself. So you might have like a sun in Scorpio, but then you have like this really cheery, like cancer rising. So that could be a little confusing to people because it'd be like, Oh, like you're, you're fun. And then it's like, oh, wow, there's, like, real depth to you that I wasn't, like, expecting. Like, I just feel like it's kind of like a gobstopper. <laughs> like, it's, like, your rising sign, then your sun sign, and then your moon sign, which is what I've talked about is, like, where your emotions reside, how you're nourished. Mm -hmm. I have a, a, a moon in Cancer, so I have a full moon. Whitney has a full moon, too, because she has Virgo, Sun, Pisces moon. So that's that 180 degrees opposition Oh, from yeah. each other yeah oh wait that's a thing so yeah because people always say that pisces is the opposite side of virgo and I was it like, is what does that mean? i can give you the opposites um aries and libra um and we can think about this with planets too so aries is mars ruled libra is venus ruled but like they're both cardinal they both are about like well how do we resolve conflict like aries is like i'll just do it myself we're going to war libra's like 
well, let's talk about it. Diplomacy. Let's figure it out. Doesn't mean that Libra can't like come for you. Libra can still come for you. It just won't be like with like brandishing like a fiery sword in your face. It might just be like, well, we're changing our policies. Sorry. <laughs> you know, and you're like, what the fuck? Uh, so then there's Taurus and Scorpio. Again, Taurus, Venus, Scorpio, Mars. So you know, Taurus might be like, hey, like, I really want to, like, cook this amazing meal and, like, you know, take care of your, like, sensual needs. And Scorpio's like, I really want to know, like, how you feel deep inside. What are your deepest fears? Like, let's go underground. Which is also why Scorpio is associated with Pluto because of that same subterranean thing. That's, I guess, Pluto is a modern ruler of Scorpio. So, um and then we have Gemini and Sag. So that's Mercury, data, 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 messenger, and then Jupiter and Sag. Um, more like big picture, preacher type vibes. Um, but they're both like super chatty. I feel like out of these two, they probably understand each other the most. But like it's because Mercury and Jupiter like move in different ways, but like there's still this commonality of like, how do we get like the truth of the matter? Like do I look at data or do I look at like a bigger picture, like focus on philosophy and religion? So there's that. And then, okay. So then cancer Capricorn. Cancer is ruled by the moon. Is that Capricorn's, you? No, you're, you're the same. You're Capricorn Capricorn, right? For your moon. Uh, no, um, I have a full moon in cancer. So sun in camp, cap, uh, Capricorn, <laughs> moon in cancer. Oh, got it. But you do have your, your rising is Capricorn. Yes, correct. Okay. So, um, okay, but you're so you're saying a full moon is when your moon and your sun sign are exact opposites. They're across. Yes, the, because the, if you think about it, the sun is illuminating the moon, so everything is illuminated. So that's why they're in opposition. But if they're right beside each other, they can't. They're just in the same sign, so there's no there's okay. no light going anywhere. Okay. Um, so yeah, Cancer is. I think Cancer and Capricorn are very traditional. Um, cancer is definitely associated more with the home and Capricorn is associated more with like being out in the workplace and out in the world, but they're both trying to create stability. So how they do that, like, you know, cancer is all like intuitive and moon oriented. Saturn's more like, what are the rules? Like, what are the boundaries here? How can I work? How, how have we done this before? So that could be, you know, like, there's this thing of stability, but again, how they go about it is a little different. So I'm trying to think, did I? No. So we have Leo <laughs> ruled by the sun and then Aquarius ruled by Saturn. So again, same thing. The sun just wants to be and shine. Like I'm here for the people. Where are my people? Aquarius is like, yeah, I'm in the audience. Yeah. Show me what you got. <laughs> like, I'm not impressed or that's a good job. You know, I feel like Aquarius also, if we're talking about even the air signs, like they're very much about the people and like how they connect with people. Um, and I feel like Aquarius, like I end up with, I guess a lot of Aquarius friends. I don't, I feel like that has to do with that duality of Saturn. Like I need to have someone be like, well, actually, have you thought about it this way, Dad? Like, you've been looking at it just this way. Cause like Capricorn gave the kind of tunnel vision, which is great for achieving goals, but like, you know, sometimes you need to pivot. So um, Aquarius is kind of like 
I am not the sun. I am something else. I am outside of your reality. I am outside of your existence. I am me, but I do not need to be defined by who sees me. I, I get, I get to do whatever I want to do. So, and then we have again, Virgo and Pisces. So Virgo's Mercury, Pisces is Jupiter again. So they're definitely about care and taking care of people. Virgo is very much like, how can I serve you? How can I help you? Like in very material ways, Pisces is more like the sage. Like, how can we, like, how are you seeing this holistically? Like, how are we seeing this from a spiritual plane? How are we seeing this even from an artistic level? It's a little bit more immaterial while Virgo is more material. And I would say like Mercury is definitely more about material stuff. And then Jupiter is more about like ideas and philosophy. So just trying to think, did I hit everyone? <laughs> like, I think I did because I'm back to Li- Libra. So yeah. So that's, Thank you. I've never, that's another I way a full moon. I wasn't familiar. Now does, does that, is it make you, does it, is there any like distinguish traits about that? Like when someone has, does it make it? There are. And I, do they vibe I, on each other better since they're a full moon? Um, so I would just say there are definitely like different personality traits that are associated with the different phases. And, um, I can give you a link in the show notes. It's not, it's from a different astrologer who's great, but she describes like all eight phases. I could say since we're full moons, we'll just talk about us for an example. We need contrast. Like we're always looking at because the sun and moon are in contrast. So we're like, okay, like who's my partner? What are other people doing? I mean, of course that could be like, if you're doing that all the time, you're like, what's going on with me? I don't know. I know what's going on with everyone else. But like, I think for us to feel fulfilled, we do need to have like counterparts that are complementary to ourselves. Like, it's just, that's how, that's how we learn. We learn from other people who are different from us. So that's one big trait of having a full moon. It doesn't necessarily matter what sign it's in, but that's generally how full moon people are. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for that. That's, that's cool. And I think that that, yeah, moon is nice to know because it it is, it's nice when you're, when we're having a full moon or a new moon in the sign that your moon is in, it's always a bit more significant, right? For that. Person. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. So like, you know, if you, uh, even with new moons too, like, so if you're an Aquarian, like I, I can even go through like what this new moon means for everyone, um, for your, sun or rising (laughs) side um i'll just start at the top but um so aries like you're gonna be like looking at possibly new friendships because your aquarius sector is in the 11th house that's of groups and friendships and associations so you might find that you have new opportunities to make new friends new connections with people and groups and then taurus it's new career and public life opportunities. So um, it could be like, hey, like there's a new job opportunity that came out of nowhere. And like, let's remember that this is Aquarius. So like you might not even be, it might kind of come out of nowhere. And I didn't talk about uh, the modern ruler of Aquarius, which is Uranus, which I I think out of the three of these, I don't agree with this one, but like Uranus is associated with 
innovation, um, unexpected changes, unexpected transformations. It's kind of like a jack in the box. Like sometimes it's just like, no, we're going to do this dif- just differently. And, but it could be like new opportunities that come out of nowhere, which I will just say for this configuration of this new moon, Saturn has been squaring or at a 90 degree angle with Uranus and Taurus, so fixed Earth. And that has also been adding to all these tensions around like labor, feeling like you're not getting paid enough, all that sort of stuff. So like that is also adding to this new moon. So it's a little bit, it's not like, ah, like it's, there's a little bit of tension. And, it, and because the moon is close to Saturn, you might have been feeling like, just in general for everyone, you might have been feeling like, wow, I just feel like really isolated. I mean, right now with Omicron variant, like I've been, I didn't basically go out after my birthday. I just basically was, well, one, because of the snow. And then two, I was just like, yeah. it's not safe. New Year's Eve, plans were canceled. A concert I wanted to go to canceled. Like, there's been like an isolative type of vibe just because of all this like Saturnian energy. So just, I would say if you can force yourself to reach out to people, do it because you don't want to just get so isolated in your head and like, Oh, you know, no one cares. Like we're all kind of going through this like pandemic together. And a lot of this has caused isolation. It's been hard, especially if you're extroverted. I know I'm introverted. So I'm just kind of like, it'd be nice to hang out with people, but uh, but yeah, like it's, it's been tough. So like this new moon, there's definitely new newness because it's a conjunction. So it's a new story, but like, there's still like the Saturnian like vibe, but also like there's a little bit of tension. So just wanted to say that. So yeah. people aren't like thinking, Oh, this is great. I mean, it is any, I feel like new moons are always a great place to begin again, but like, just yeah. take it with a grain of salt. So Gemini, New adventures, travels, again, see, like, that might end up being, for example, like, a lot of people, I guess, over the holidays got, like, VR headsets, like, so virtual reality, like, Oculus stuff, so maybe it might not be, like, you're actually traveling, because right now travel is still kind of restricted, but it could be you take up learning a new language, or you start studying a new religion, um, there's just think about travel that isn't just like physical. So that's another way to look at it. Cancer. Um, you're going to be looking at new ways to invest, possibly new ways to get out of debt, new ways to look at taxes. Um, there just might be new opportunities around basically other people's money. And that could also include your partner's money. If you have um, a romantic partner, um, they could be like, Oh, I got a new job. And so that would also affect you because you're partners. So, um, yeah, keep out, keep an eye out for that. Leo, um, new ways to connect with your partner, whether it's a business partner, bestie, romantic partner. Um, it could also just be a new partner. (laughs) So a new partner might come along, especially with that Saturn Uranus square, like it might come out of they might come out of nowhere, like the new partnerships, but be open and see, like, again, it's Aquarius, so it might not be someone that you think, like, offhand. It might be like, oh, okay, like, that actually could work. That's great. Uh, Virgo, new routines. So this is a house 
The sixth house is around routines, daily routines, work. If you are a manager, it'd be your subordinate. So you might be hiring someone new. Um, you might also, again, um, start a new job. You might, this is also the house of pets. So you might get a new pet. Um, uh, and yeah, like this could also be a new workout routine too, or a new eating regimen. So, and again, some of this is predicted, but some of this is like, you can choose to be like, I want to start a new exercise routine this month and the energy you would be supporting in that. Um, Libra, new romance. Um, you might end up being pregnant if you want, <laughs> uh, or new creative projects. Um, this house, the fifth house, is about creativity, love, romance, sex, uh, and children. So, um, yeah. And then Scorpio, um, this may be a time where you move and like start a new home, um, maybe new ways of looking at like your connections with your family. Cause this, the fourth house is around home and family, but also your private life. There might be some issues in your private life where you're like, you know what, we're going to do these things differently. It's a new moon. We're going to start over and go in a different direction. Sagittarius, um, you're looking at new ways of communicating. Um, that could also be new ways of writing. Um, you might end up with new neighbors. Um, this is also the house of siblings and like extended family. So like, you know, if you've had issues around like your siblings or like maybe some conflict, this could be a time to like squash it and start over and like start anew. And then Capricorn, um, this is your second house. So like, hooray, there, there might be new sources of income. Um, I get, this is also earned income. So that could also be around like starting a new job. And then Aquarius, this is your first house. So it's a whole new you. Like, <laughs> it's a whole new, like, if you want to be like, Happy New Year, Aquarius. Like, yes, this could be another new year for you. The first house deals with your body, your mind, yourself, who you are. So, I mean, Venus has gone direct. So I would still wait a bit if you're like, hey, I want a new nose. Like, just, just hold on a sec on that. Maybe like wait a few weeks on that <laughs> like in terms of plastic surgery i would just say that in general with venus retrograde never do that like <laughs> the retrograde definitely do it direct because it could just be like well that didn't go the way we wanted and then pisces in this is the 12th house you're going to be looking at new ways to rest to dream to meditate to contemplate to deal with the solitude that we've been kind of forced under with this pandemic so um, and Pisces, you're good at that stuff anyway. So, uh, bring in that new energy and you might be having some different ways of looking at like your subconscious and the, the collective. So yeah. those are my little mini horoscopes for this new moon. And oh, I hope they serve right. you well. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Deborah. I feel we covered so much. I, feel like I know so thorough. No, that's no. what happens when you have Mercury Sagittarius. It's like, cause <laughs> As you know, Jupiter rules Sag and Mercury is like, what do I do with like, she just keeps talking and it's like all these different tangential things. Yeah, yeah Mercury, but that it does make for great stories, but I tend to be very thorough. So 
Um, it's, it's been great. We covered a breadth of topics and I, but just in, like enough, like not too much, but just a little bit that I feel like everything that I really wanted to offer up to everybody. Cause this, all the topics were just astrology 101, right. Where it's like yeah. astrology. And what, what was that thing I heard about, about a new moon and my moon and what are these things? And so I feel like someone can get a, a nice little understanding from, from listening. Yeah. Yeah. I think now to like, um, you'll be able to like look at horoscopes or like transit reports and start to understand like how these planets work. Cause it's really about the planets, like the signs or flavors of the planets, the houses are like where the planets get to play and do things, but it's really about the planets. And so it's, I would say too, this is like a bonus tip and this is from more um, traditional astrology. So me being Capricorn rising, so I, I said that Saturn rules Capricorn. So that also means, like, I have a chart ruler. We all do. So my Saturn is, I have to pay particular attention to what's going on with it because it affects the whole chart. So um, once you know your rising sign, then you can look at, okay, traditionally, like, okay, I'm Aries rising, so I need to see what my Mars is doing. But then you also start to realize, like, with certain transits, so right now Saturn's direct, but if it goes retrograde again, then it will affect me a little bit more potently than it would someone who has like Venus as their ruler if they were like Libra rising. So, which I will take back because <laughs> I didn't talk about exalted planets because Libra is exalted in uh, Saturn is exalted in Libra, but that's a whole other thing. But just oh in general, God, there's so many layers. We I know, which I don't want to, we, we, I, I mean, we probably should wrap this up, but I just want to like, at least if there's one thing that you really should be looking out for, the chart ruler helps, but that is also connected to your ascendant. So like, that's just another piece of information. Do you want to just recap that really quick and just give a quick tell, is there, there's just one chart ruler for each sign? Yes. So I will, it? I will recap that again. So okay. I'll just go through the signs. Aries, your chart ruler is Mars. Taurus, your chart ruler is Venus. Gemini, your chart ruler is Mercury. Cancer, your chart ruler is the moon. Neil, your chart ruler is the sun. Virgo, your chart ruler is Mercury. Libra, your chart ruler is Venus. Scorpio, your chart ruler is Mars. Sagittarius, your chart ruler is Jupiter. Capricorn and Aquarius, your chart ruler is Saturn. And then Pisces, your chart ruler is Jupiter. So... Right. When those planets are doing whatever, and then looking at what is happening to your natal planet chart ruler, then like that can give you even more information about like what's going on in the skies and how it impacts you and what you can do going forward. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, we definitely need to have you back on because there's still so many, there is, are so many layers and we didn't, we didn't talk about like houses. Like I hear the term houses. I still don't quite understand that, but like where. I know. And I, I think next time I'll, I'll come with a chart that you could see what I'm talking about. Cause a lot of this is visual and then you'll be like, Oh, that's what she means by first house. Cause you're just like, I mean, if you look at a chart and like, if you get one from, astrology cafe or astro.com like you'll see that has numbers inside like the inner wheel and so those are the numbered houses but we can talk about i mean we could talk a lot about houses because that's i mean that's 
that's a big part of astrology because the, the planets have to go through different parts of a chart and do, and they do different things based on what the topic of the house is. So, right. um, yeah, it, it's very layered and very intricate, which is why it's hard for me to like talk about sometimes. But you guys but, did a cool job. You did a great job. And we'll just, again, we'll have again, and we can just do like a regular, you know, every couple months, just do an astrology check-in and do, you know, yeah, I, think, that there, I think I would love to talk about eclipse season because That'll be in April and then also, I guess, November. Um, you guys have Taurus and Scorpio. We're going to have, like, eclipses there. And so, yes, if you have a Taurus, Sun, Moon, and Rising, or a Scorpio, Sun, Moon, and Rising, or other fixed signs, Leo and Aquarius, like, those eclipses are going to be important this year. Obviously, if you have other – I'll just give this one. State personal planets are Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, and Mars – and then Jupiter and Saturn are kind of more like a little bit more generational. And then the modern planets, like you're in a step two and Pluto are more generational. So like, because they move a lot slower. And so for example, Pluto and Libra is kind of associated with Gen X, Pluto and Scorpio, millennial, Pluto and SAG, uh, Gen Z, and then generation alpha, of course, Pluto and Capricorn. <laughs> I'm laughing because Capricorn is very, alpha e but um but yeah like it could be that all that stuff is can be quite informative not only just for you but like like the people you hang out with like if in terms of your generational stuff but like the the personal planets that's the stuff that like personally affects you so like uh yeah we, we can talk all about that more too so Awesome. So many things, so many, so many things. things. I can't wait. We'll look forward to that. Yeah, we'll plan for more like in April when the eclipse season. Yeah. Is so in the meantime, I know after listening to that, a lot of people are going to want to contact you because people, if you want to get your chart read, which is an amazing experience, you can do that. Right, Deborah? So people are going to want to find you. Not only that, you do, you're an astrologer, you're a tarot reader, but also you, you know, you and I first met because you're also a content strategist for mental yes. health professionals. So yes. you would reach out to me to kind of give me a rundown about your, your services for that, um, which are fantastic. So that's something that, you know, you can do, but also again, the astrology readings, a tarot reading, and you also do Reiki. So if people want to work with you and contact you, how can they find you? Okay, for the more esoteric stuff, like the stuff I was talking today, you can find me on Twitter. My handle is sun opposite moon. And yes, that means I have a full moon. That's an aspect that you know now if you don't know aspects. And then um, I have a website, sunoppositemoon.com. If you're interested more in content strategy, brand strategy, just help around content, you can go to my other website, which is my name, DeborahBeckwin.com, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, B as in boy, E-C-K-W-I-N. You can also find me on LinkedIn for those type of services. So if you go to my website with sunoppositemoon.com, I don't have readings up right now. I kind of took a break as I moved and I'm still trying to get settled. So just reach out. Like you can, there's a contact page and just let me know. And, or you can reach out to me on Twitter and, and talk about, uh, wanting to get a reading for me and I'll, I'll definitely like hook you up, but yeah. And the, the same for my website, like the, the more content strategy side, 
Um, I have a contact page, but again, I'm on LinkedIn, so you can find me on all those places. Perfect. And I'll put all those links in the show notes so people can just go on there and click on there if you're open it through that way. And yeah, this was so wonderful. Thank you so much, Deborah. Thank Happy, you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. Happy Lunar New Year to you, to everybody. Happy New Moon. I just, I'm feeling it. This this February 1st, Lunar, you know, Lunar New Year and New Moon. I'm definitely feeling this energy of, I for, kind of feel relieved. I made it for the, through the first month of the year. It's challenging for me. I had health, health issues and a lot of moving around. So there's something that feels sort of more grounded as we move into this new month and have these new starts and feel like it's kind of opening up to the next cycle. Yeah. Cause I mean, we're going to go into Pisces season in a couple of weeks. So I think it's going to get less heavy. like right now it feels like probably everything feels as like serious as a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Once we go into Pisces, it's more Jupiterian, more expansive, both having the sun and Jupiter and Pisces. I hope that things will feel a lot more hopeful and like maybe like Omicron won't be as bad. We'll see. <laughs> but just just obviously be safe out there with that too. Yeah, at least we have we do have astrological things to look forward to for sure. Thank you so much, Deborah. This was amazing. Can't wait Thanks. to have you back soon. Thanks so much. Take care, okay. everyone. Bye. That wraps up our beautiful conversation with our wonderful guests. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Waken podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with others and come back for more. If anything you heard resonates, leave a review or send me an email at Whitney at womenwaken.com and check out the website, womenwaken.com. Have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your light shine and keep an eye out for your special gifts and magic.